you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Show God. Oh God. Lord, I thank you this morning. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you this morning. Hallelujah. It's to the hour of the believer. It's the hour of the believer. <laughs> hey, just believe my word. <laughs> Trust me. Lean not on your own understanding. But if you acknowledge me in all your ways, I will give you comfort. I will give you peace. I will give you rest. I will give you deliverance. I will give you the answer. <laughs> Isaiah 65 and 24 says, Before you call, I have answered. And yet as you speak, I hear you. He hears the cries of his people. And he says he comes down and delivers us from all our troubles. Oh, Jesus. Oh, glory. Whoa, whoa. John 16, 13 says, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he speaks not of himself. But whatever he hears from the Father, that shall he speak and will show you things to come. Hallelujah. It is our hour. No more struggle. No more unbelief. I was praying last week and I asked the Lord, I said, what? he said, unbelief. He says, my people don't receive because they have unbelief. We got to go back to the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Because they believed God no matter, even if they didn't see the promise. They just believed him because he is God. And beside him there is no other. Who Jesus. Today we want to talk about, you know, about, you know, I was absent for almost a year. Beginning last March. I got a new job. You know, we transitioned to a new company, and I got a new job, and the job took me to a place I had never been before. And it was an intense, intense struggle, and it was such warfare. But in that, the Holy Spirit starts showing me the enemy. And he says, I put you in this place so you will learn the devices of the enemy. So you will know when he comes, you will see him before he even comes. You will know what he is doing. Even before he does it, because you will know the devices, because you'll know what he operates in. And this is what we have to know in this hour, <laughs> how to operate by the power of the Holy Spirit. We've heard every message. We didn't heard the word, the words in us, but we know that there has been evil unleashed as never before. How do we fight it? And maintain our faith. So that's what the Holy Spirit said. How do you maintain your faith? For Ephesians 6 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Because over even our country, there has been such a, a, a chaotic spirit of confusion and destruction that caused people to not love, to not come into agreement. We can disagree, 
to disagree, but I still have to love you. And the enemy is using that chaos to divide even the believers from his faith. And I was looking at a study on depression. It was by Jean M. Twing, and it was published in October 2014. And she said what she found most was people are stressed out to the point of sinking into depression. And stress is a forerunner of depression, which can become a mental health issue, which become an issue with your body, because we know that sickness and disease will set up in your body because of stress. And we are stressed out because a lot of times when we get up, we don't know what's going to happen that day. You don't know if you're going to go to work and you're going to get attacked. You don't know if you're going to get a letter saying you owe something that you did not owe. You don't know if you're going to get a letter somebody didn't compromise your bank account. You don't know what's going to happen. You have no idea what the day is going to bring. And that's why God said go back to the faith. So what's happening is people are in hopelessness. There's no hope, no expectation of a good outcome. And there's so many people on drugs. I was reading in an article yesterday, my husband had talked to me about it. I think it's in Washington. They said that they found opioids in the water. So many people are on drugs till it's spilled over into the waterways. They found it in the mus muscles in the water. That's a sad place to be. And I always said, you know, Pastor used to always say, you know, he said, well, this is going on and that's in, and Pastor looked at me one day, he said, you better be glad you see. And I've been telling somebody, I said, you know, we see these different things that are going on in the world, but we as believers know. And that's why intercession is so powerful. That's why prayer is so powerful because it gets to the heart of the Father. It gets to him. So one thing we know that we are dealing with a spiritual battle and we have to be equipped just like a soldier. When a soldier goes to war, he has to have all, he gets his marching orders, he has to have his rations, he has to have his maps, he has to have his communication gear, he has to have everything, he has raincoats, he has every, he has a pallet to sleep on, he has everything he needs so that when he goes to war, when he goes out to battle, he will know that at least he's equipped to win that he will be protected even from the elements, that he will have communication to home base to tell them what's going on, where the enemy is at. Because you know, you got the Air Force, you got the Army, you got the Marines, you got all these people, all these different uh, connections in the, in the Air Force and to the Army that they all connect together. And that's how we are. We are warriors. We are soldiers in the army. It says that we are fitted jointly together. And so when we have to understand that when we go out, we have to cover ourselves. And we have to make sure we have that communication because there's so much depravity. The, the Holy Spirit gave me the word depravity one day. I was doing something. He said, look up the word depravity. So I looked it up. And it says a lack of moral character an absence of moral qualities with our, which are associated with right or good behavior. It's a transgression of moral principles. And this is what's going, even on my job, my, um, my boss, I'm in IT and she's a woman and you know that's, that's a man's world, let's 
just a man. Well, it's just a reality. And she gets attacked after attack, after attack, after attack. And we were like, what's going on? What's going on? We were starting. And she, she, she came in my office one day, and we sat down, and we drew a map of all the spirits that were attacking us. Because then they started attacking me. And I said, oh, my God, what's going on? But the Lord said, this is what we're dealing with. Know your enemy. Know what he's doing. See, it, <laughs> it started back in the, in the garden. We know that. The, the, you know, the, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the Lord says, has penetrated its roots in the world. But God gave a provision for man to come back to him through Jesus Christ. And so when Adam and Eve ate that tree, their only, before they ate that tree, their only inclination was to do good because they were connected to, to, the, to the Father. They loved the Father. They had relationship with the Father. And so that's where the fight comes in because when, you, uh, when the enemy comes in, he will give you, he will tell you a lie. He will cover the truth and expose a lie and you'll believe it and then you'll start walking in it because he's good at twisting and turning the truth because that's what he did. To Eve, he twisted the truth. And so we have to understand that when they, began, they ate that tree, their connection with God fell off. They became independent of God and not dependent on him. And so that tree of knowledge and good of evil represents doubt. It represents doubt. Because when they ate the tree, he told them not to eat the tree, but they did it because they were curious or whatever pride, whatever set up in them because the enemy was able to, to manipulate. And, but it was a choice because God gives us free will. As Sister, uh, Minister Cindy said this morning when in class, you have a choice. We all have a choice to do good or not to do good. And so when they ate of that tree, which represented doubt, because what had happened was the enemy came and set up doubt against the word of God. What the word had said. He told them not to do it. And they did it anyway. And sometimes that's what we do. Based on where we're at, we'll do it anyway. I'm, I'm guilty of that. I'm not going to stand up here and lie. I was telling somebody one day I was doing something, and my, my phone was on the bed, and, and, and I, was, I, was, I knew I shouldn't have been in, in doing this thing. I was engaged in something. And, and the, my, all of a sudden, my phone came on and said, you can come out right now. I'm not innocent. We all fall short of the glory of God. He said, you can come out right now. And I looked, I said, well, Holy Ghost. It shocked me so. <laughs> I looked, I said, oh, Jesus. I'm, I'm really out of order. Let me stop. Well, ooh, I'm going to get myself messed up here. So we have to be careful in this hour of uncertainty that we make sure we have a horizontal connection and not a you know, that vertical connection and not that horizontal. That vertical is with God. The horizontal is with the enemy. It's in this world, the God of this world. And the Spirit, Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. He's going to tell us what's going on just like he did. He turned that phone on and said, you can come out right now. He's going to tell you the truth because he's going to guide you and lead you into all truth. But you have to listen. You have to receive. You have to understand that the Holy Spirit is inside the, the very power that raised up Jesus. The very power that 
created the world is on the inside of each and every one of us. It's dunamis power. It's power that we can overcome every obstacle. That's why he gave it to us. It's not just because, oh, I got the Holy Spirit, you know. I praise, you know, he's, he's good. No, he's your answer to every situation. You are to hear the voice of him and follow no other because he knows the mind of the Father. So 2 Corinthians 4, 8, 9 says, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. He's not gonna leave you. Struck down, but not destroyed. Because we go through so many life challenges and we're always bearing in our souls the death of Jesus Christ. So he allows those things to come so that our souls can die and the spirit of God can rise up in us and we can be the glory of God in the earth. We can be the light that draws people in from the dark. And he says, this is the one agenda that the enemy has in this hour and that is to kill your faith. No, he wants to kill the image of God that's in you. He wants to steal your faith and destroy your soul. That's all he's here for. That's it. That's it. There, there's no other way. You don't play with the enemy. That's all it is. That's all he wants to do. And we have to make sure that we stay connected to God. When Adam and Eve's eyes were open, they realized they were naked. They were shameful. They were shameful. And they knew that they were exposed. And that's what Satan does. He brings temptation to us in our human weakness. He comes all the time when we're the, at the lowest point, when we're weak. We don't know a lot of times what to do. And so we have to make sure we don't default to the dark side. That we don't go over, that we don't go rogue on him. That we stay in the presence of God. That we believe him and we begin to speak his word in faith. Knowing that he says he will do it. Because he said he would never leave us nor forsake, forsake us. So the enemy, you know, and, and the Bible says he came as a snake in the, in the garden. And I, the Holy Spirit said, look up snake. So I looked it up. And it says, a snake uses their tongue to determine where their prey is. He has a split tongue that he uses as he slithers along to catch his prey. He flicks his tongue out, and he has two perceptors on the end of his tongue that pick up the smell of his prey. And when he puts his tongue back in his mouth, the smell of the prey is fed to his brain, which then gives him the direction to go in to trap, catch, and eat his prey. So his tongue is a weapon he uses. That's what he does to us, doesn't he? He comes and he twists the word. He perceives where we're at because he studies us. That's all he can do. He can, and he can only perceive what you're doing and where you're at so he can plant thoughts in your mind to not believe God, to, to, to question the reliability and the trustworthiness of our God. That is what he does. And so what he does, and it causes us to become weak. And then what he does is he baits us. He baits us. And then we, and those baits are how, the Bible says uh, in James, he says, God, don't say God's a tempter. Because you are tempted and drawn away by your own lust and desires. And when you're drawn away, it creates sin, and sin destroys. That's what we're at. 
That's what's happening to the world. Because what he does when he baits our mind, he causes us to become lukewarm. He causes us to walk in fear. He causes us undue stress. Stress that you don't deserve. He causes your peace to be taken away. And he causes us to believe an untrue report. An untrue report. And he covers the truth because he knows the truth. Remember, he was with God. Ezekiel says he was with God. He says, I know you. You walked up and down in the mountain of God. You were beautiful. You were full of splendor. But until iniquity was found in you, lawlessness. And I heard someone say, I was like, well, Lord, how did you know? He said, I heard it. Remember, he was a praiser. He was, a, he was the chief worship leader. He said, I heard it. <laughs> That's what he does, honey. He tell you a lie. He takes you from the... So uh, today I'll say, who told you that? When you hear a word, you got to make sure it's from him or down here. You got to say, who told... Who? I don't believe that. That's just like, and you, many of you know the story about my son. I, I, you know, I, I always talk about that's my great testimony because God was with us through the whole time because we were going through great trial, tribulation. We lost our house. We got sued. My son lost his leg. We lost our business all within a span of a month. And I had to on purpose say, God, I know you're going to do this. I know you're going to take care of this. And I remember going to the, 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 the weekend he was in the hospital and he was in a coma for eight days. And I remember coming to church. This is when we were over on, in West, on Wayne Road. And Pastor said, and he said, do you believe God? Do you believe he's going to make it all right? I said, yes, I do. And on purpose, I began to believe God. And God made that thing right. We got another house. My son got a wife. Today he's a businessman. He has an Airbnb. Him and his wife are doing excellent. And, we, and the house that I have now, I love better than the house I built. Because it was a house of test and trial, so I love it. It's where God perfected me. It's where God brought to, to, to pass his word, his truth to me. And so what just like a snake does, Satan catches us off guard. He, he perceives our weaknesses and he meets us and he traps us. That's why the Bible says he's his accuser of the brother day and night. Day of the brother and day and night. Day and night. He comes to, 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 to torment. But you got to learn to tell the devil to shut his mouth. You have got to learn. You laugh but it's the truth. I have been to the place where I told him to shut his mouth. You will not come die in my dwelling today. I had to get violent with that thing because you, even at work when we're being attacked, I had to go in the bathroom. I, you know, I got that bathroom ministry. I had to go in that bathroom. I said, oh, not today. Not today, Satan. I'll be walking into the building. Not today. You will not attack us today. All we're doing is doing our job. There is no just cause for you to come in and mess with us today. The Bible says there's no curse without a cause. But we are not, all we're doing is doing our job. That's it. And so because I have that authority, 
I speak to the enemy and I tell him he has got to go. I make him my footstool. See, I used to be scared of him. I used to be, ooh, I can't say that. The devil's going to come and he's going to do this and that. But then when I learned who I was in Christ Jesus, that I have power, I have the keys to the kingdom. I have access to bind and loose. I know the will of the Father is for me to be free. Then I can begin to speak, don't call those things that are not as though they were. And I praise God. I have to praise God. Whatever I do, I don't care what it is, I have to praise him. You got to learn how to praise him in the good times and the bad times. So when those times do come, you can praise him. No matter what, because you know he is going to be faithful. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's all-wise. And he's omnipotent. He's all-love and all-power. And so we have to become dependent on our God in this hour. If we choose any other way, we're not going to make it. He has integrity. He's a God of integrity. And so we have to make sure that we begin to examine. He said, the Bible says, examine yourself to be sure that you are really and truly in the faith. And so for him to tell me to go back and, and, and review my faith, I must not have been there. I must not have been there. I'm just going to be honest. Why would he tell me, go back to the faith that was once delivered to the saints? Because the things that are coming on us, us on the hour that we are in, if we don't know our God, the Bible says in the last day they shall know their God and do great exploits. Greater works will we do. Like my minister Shana said, because we got the Holy Ghost. You have an advantage. He will tell you things to come. He will show, because he already knows. He will show you what's to come. And so we have to believe God. And so what, what the enemy does, he, he works to us in divisions. He divides us. He separates us from our God. He works in discord, agree, disagreements, arguments, religion. He works in all those things to get us as the body to be disconnected from one another. Because remember when it was in the Tower of Babel, he had to confuse the languages and scatter the people. He said, lest they do something evil, because they will be on one accord. When we come in this place, we are to be on one accord. And when we get on one accord, we will see the miracles of God. We will see the glory come in. I know what my, my sister still always says, she says, Whew, when the glory come in, she said, we're going to all be laid out. She said, because we will not be able to stay. And she said, the babies are just going to be sitting there. <laughs> and I always think about that. Because that's a powerful statement. That's a powerful place to be in. Where we know that the glory of God covers us. And when we get up, we will never, ever, 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 ever be the same again. We're never the same now. But once he comes in like a flood, God comes in. He's going to change us. The other thing is wrong agreement, wrong words, wrong belief systems. And get us to agree with the adversary and not the word of God. Offense, strong emotion or feeling that is oriented to, towards some real or supposed grievance. Unforgiveness. Unaware of truth, which is the believer's reality. We don't know the word. Whenever you're going through a situation, and I learned this from pastor a long time ago, and I, the Holy Spirit comforted. Whenever you're going through something, 
What is the word that you are standing on? Because Jesus Christ is the rock. He is our solid foundation. He is the word. So when you're going through something, what word do you have to confirm that he's going to do what he said he's going to do? Because you are given the power to create. He calls us creators. He made us in his image and likeness. And see, that's why the devil want to shut your mouth. Because he don't want you creating an atmosphere that's conducive for the word to begin to work. For the word to begin to manifest. For the word of God to begin to, to take you to a place of perfection in him. Where your only reliance is on him and him alone. That's it. You will go beyond the enemy. He wants us to go beyond and step over him and begin to speak the word. To know the mind of the father to disconnect and, and destroy him. That's what he wants. We're not to give any, uh, uh, um, look at the, the, the enemy. We're not to give him any, any of, uh, what's the word I want to say? Help me, Holy Ghost. Give him no place. Give him no place, thank you. Pride, the quality of state of being proud, inordinate self-esteem, unreasonable conceit of oneself, haughty and arrogant. Humble ourselves that he will exalt us in due time. And then the biggest one is distractions. That's the biggest one right now. That's what's going on right now. It's distractions. Because remember when David, he was, a, he was anointed king. He, he, he was given the crown. But what did he do? He ran from Saul. And then he went and made an alliance with the Philistines. Because that's what we'll do sometimes. Instead of consulting the spirit of the Lord, we'll go to the enemy. We'll go to our friends. We won't go to the to the Father. We won't ask the Holy Spirit what to do. You see, what happened was he got distracted and he tried to line himself up with the enemy and the enemy kicked him out. Psh, you gotta go. They don't want you here. And when he went home, the Amalites had come in and stolen his family. And that's what we do. When we're not paying attention, the enemy will come in and steal your children. I know I've done it. I've seen it. He will steal them right up from under your under your nose because you're distracted because you're doing everything else but staying in the face of the Lord hearing I remember last year we had a situation I kept waking up even my husband he's like oh I've been waking up waking up and this is when I was in warfare at work I was tired I was waking up oh I got this thing to do so in my mind I'll be waking up saying what I got to do the next morning now it's all you know I'm thinking about the job I got to do this because I was doing 10 things at once literally and so and I had to separate everything and say okay I got to do this for this 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 and so I'm, you know I'm, I'm getting the work done but the enemy is wearing me out he wearing me out, because that's how I am. I'm, I'm going to get it done. You give me something, I'm going to give it and get it done. So he was waking me up. And so I, instead of praying, now I knew he was waking me up for a reason. Intercessors, you know, I ignored it. And then the worst thing came. See, you got to pay attention. <laughs> you got to pay attention, people. We got to stay on our knees. We got, he comes to steal everything that is ours. The Bible says we have to have faith of a mustard seed. You know why mustard seed is so powerful? Because it's the smallest seed, but it grows into the biggest tree. It grows 20 feet up, 20 feet across. But what, what got me was it says it, it grows in dry condition, 
humid, hot temperatures, no water, and the soil is bad. But it still grows. What does that say about us? We can be in situations and circumstances that look dry and dead, and we haven't even planted in the soil for that thing to come to pass, but God is still faithful that he will grow it anyway because he loves us that's that much. He'll make crooked paths straight just for you. He will shut down a building just to save you. That's how bad our God is. You can't, you know, sometimes, you know, you struggle. You say, oh, God, God you know, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? I'm just not going to lie. Sometimes I struggle. I do. I struggle. Lord, did I hear you? Is this what you want me to do? Oh, I want to go do that. Nope, you can't do that. Like even my husband, even this weekend, he was like, well, did you want to do something? He's like, oh, no, 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 no. I know you got to get ready to minister, you know. And I, he said, go on. Just, you know, and, and it's good to have a husband that's behind you. I love him. He, he, he always, you know, we, now don't, we, we have those times now. <laughs> we have those times. But he's a man of God and he knows God. And, and, and this is what we do. This is when you come together, you know, even in the class this morning, the marriage class. It's a choice. You know, I asked him last night, I said, you seen the hole puncher? He said, no, I haven't seen the hole. I said, yes, you did. You put the hole puncher somewhere. I need the hole puncher. <laughs> he said, I don't know nothing about no pole puncher. What are you talking about? He's laying in the bed relaxing. I said, yes, you did. So in my mind, I'm blaming him for the hole puncher, you know. And I go in the, in the, in the, in the office and I open the drawer and there's the hole puncher. Oh, I'm sorry, I found the hole puncher. It takes humility to say, I'm sorry. We don't, our flesh don't want to say, I'm sorry. It's, it's a struggle. But we still have to do it. So Psalms 1, 2, and 3 says, but his delight is, our delight is in the law of the Lord. And, and in his law, we meditate day and night. And we shall be like trees planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season. That's what I was talking about, that, that, that tree, that mustard seed tree. We're still going to bring forth our fruit in due season. And we draw off the well of God. We're seated in authority with him. We have to believe him. We sit high, but we look low. We are seated and rooted in Christ Jesus. And one of my scriptures that I didn't say was in Colossians 2, 6, and 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Our roots are in Christ Jesus and nothing else. We have got to stop putting limits on a limitless God. And, 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 and fear, we, a lot of times we walk in fear, guilty of that. Fear is inverted faith. It comes from the outside. Faith comes from the inside. By the word that's housed in our spirit. It, it, it gets us to walk 
by faith and not by the carnal sight that we see. We don't, we don't perceive what we, what we see and walk after it. We perceive what the word says. Now, faith is the substance or the form or the reality of things hoped for, your expectation, the evidence of things not seen. You haven't seen it yet, but you've seen it in your spirit. And it's the expectation of the manifestation of God's ability to do what he said he would do. And the Holy Spirit comes to perfect and make us wise in all the things of God. We have wisdom. He comes to equip us, perfect us, counsel, guide us, and reveal to us so we can navigate this satanic world. This world belongs to Satan. We know that he is the God of this world. And the Holy Spirit is our own star. He's your navigation system. How many of you got navigation systems in your car? That's, the, that's a great invention. I love that thing. Because you get lost, you just hit the button. Boom. May I help you, please? Can you map me to so-and-so? Okay, hold on one second. I'm sending it to your car right now. Boom. There it is on your screen. And you can get to where you need to go. Same thing with the Holy Spirit. If you need, you just boom. What's the word today, Lord? What am I doing today? You get that vertical connection with him and he's not going to leave. He's going to navigate you to where you need to go. And while he's navigating, because you know you're in your car and you're protected from the elements. So when he's navigating you, he's protecting you from the enemy. Because if it's a God-ordained thing, he has to perform it. He is a covenant-making God. He said, if I said it, I will do it. You don't have to worry about it. It may look dark. It may look dim. It may look like something's up ahead that you don't know what it is. You're looking. He said, oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to navigate you through this. You're going to win. You are victorious. We are more, as, as Pastor Vincent, we're more than conquerors because we believe Christ. Because we live in him. We're seated in him. Everything about us is in him. He doesn't leave anything out. He leaves nothing to chance. Everything is with him. It is on purpose. Because he said he would do it because he knew you before you were birthed in your mother's womb. He knew and called you to be prophets to the nation, to be the glory of God in the earth, to be the light in the darkness, to be a beacon on a hill. Don't give your pearl to the swines, God says. That's why the armor is so important, you know. I, I appreciate, you know, when we, we, on Tuesday prayer, we always read Ephesians 6. <laughs> and, and that thing just really been popping in my spirit lately. It's because, probably because the Lord, the message. But, you know, we got to, when we wake up, you got to put that armor on. You got to put the helmet of salvation on your mind of Christ. So that the enemy can't penetrate your mind. The gospel on your feet, the good news. Wherever you go, you're bringing the good news. You're bringing the light of glory. You're bringing Jesus with you. you got the belt of truth on. That's where you connect with the spirit. It's between your soul and your spirit, and you birth out the truth of the word. The truth will always be there if you connect it to the spirit of God. you got the breastplate of righteousness on. Your heart has love. You be, and because you have love, you're going to do what's right. You're going to do it by the power of the Father's love. You're not going to disconnect, even if they're unlovable. Now, let's just be honest. There's some people that, we, that are a little bit unlovable. But the righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness, will help you to overcome that thing. And you'll be able to draw them in. 
It's some people at my job, you know, I, I, many of you know my story. It was one lady who used to, whoo, whoo. She was my test. I'm her boss now. But I had to do it with love. I had to treat her with love because she's a little special. But the Holy Spirit, will, he will show you, he will give you revelation about people. He will tell you what to do and how to treat them. And then we have to have the sword of the word and the shield of faith to deflect the enemy. You thrust with the word and you deflect with the shield of faith. That's every day you get up. Every day you get up, put your armor on as a good soldier, fighting the good fight of faith. We are in a war, people. We're in a war. And you connect with untruth when truth not birthed in you. So we have to make sure we have the, breast, the, 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 the belt of truth on at all times. You've got to know the word. You have to have a word. And we have to know the commandments of God, which are good. And he says to go outside of them is, is, is evil. In the garden, there were two trees that Adam were given and Eve were given specific instructions. They could partake of the tree of life limitlessly, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil they were not to partake of because that tree would open their eyes to be able to choose to do evil. That's what we're dealing with. He was, they were given free will to choose to obey God or disobey God. That's why sinners, they, don't, they know, you know, some people, they're looking for something, but they just don't know what it is. It's the creator. The breath of God that's in them is drawing them back. And we are to be there for them, to help them to navigate, to get to them. And so Satan came in on in purpose. He says, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree? So he'll twist and, and twist the words. Even when Jesus was in the wilderness and he was hungry, he was thirsty, he came to tempt him. But what did he do? He used the word because he knew his assignment. He knew his purpose. We have to know our purpose. And we have to know that when we choose to disobey, we have stepped out of the will of God. God's not the author of confusion. He's a God of creation. When he looked down on the earth, he saw void and chaos. That's what we are to do. When we look at situations and we see the chaos, we can speak that thing back into the reality of where God wants it to be. That's what it does. his word does. It creates perfection. And he wants to, see, Satan wants to, again, diminish our creative ability. He don't want you to, 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 to do the will of God because if you do, you gain his territory. You take his territory from him. And he always uses schemes and devices to block the purposes and plans of God through us. Because we are the ones that God uses. He caused us to be the creators. He told us to take dominion and rule and reign, to spread out. He wants us to default on God. And what does the word default mean? It's an option that's selected automatically unless an alternative is specified. I'll say that again. Default means an option that's selected automatically unless an alternative is specified. So when you're going through something and the, you need a word, you don't use what the enemy says. Oh, I'm sick. No, you say, he says, I am healed. 
when you say, oh, I don't have, because sometimes, you know, my husband and I will get into a little bit, and he'll say, oh, I ain't got no money. I said, don't say that. The bank account might be zero right now, but we got some money somewhere. It's coming. I do it myself, though, so I have to watch what I say. Because I want to create an atmosphere conducive for the will of God to always, always manifest. We're creators. We were created according to purposes or plans of God that were assigned before we were born. Do, 1 Corinthians 6, do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost? Who is in you, who you have received from God, and we are not our own. We're not our own. He called and ordained us to be prophets to the nation, to speak his word, to be rooted and grounded in Christ. And Hebrews 12, we're talking about the word. When you have a situation, you take the word. He says in Hebrews 4 and 12, for the word of God is more powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing and dividing the soul and spirit, bone and marrow. That's all the way down to the foundation of who you are and discerns every thought and intent of the heart. The power of the word discerns your very foundation for your faith walk. And we are to take our authority and conquer and take our, enemy, our territory from the enemy. Job, Satan's only job is to get us out of our assignments, to give us distractions, offenses, disagreements, wrong agreements. Get us sidetracked because sometimes we're ignorant of his devices. But we have to know that God is calling us. The Psalms 119, 130 says, The entrance of your word gives light and understanding even to the simple. Even if we don't know what to do, he will give us understanding. And so today he's saying, Zion, he's calling us to put on our strength. Put on your strength for the battle that is ahead for the day. Because you've already won. Victory is already assured. We are to pursue, overtake, and recover all. Remember, that's what David did. When they took his family, what happened? He asked for the ephod. And he put it on, and he began to ask God, what do I do? He said, do I pursue? He said, yes. Pursue, recover, and take all. That's what God's saying today. Put on your ephod. Inquire of the Lord according to the situation that you are going through and let the word of God come to take you to the place where you are victorious. That intense struggle will no more be a struggle because this is the hour that we have won. Because the enemy is on a rampage. But greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world because he overcame the world. He overcame the world. We don't have to worry. We might have a little anxiety a little bit sometimes. I'm not going to lie. We, sometimes we get like that, and it's okay. We don't have to be sorry because we have those moments. We're still human in a body. We're spirits in a body. We still have those moments. But what choice do you make to overcome that situation so that you win every time? You have to make on purpose, make a choice to believe and trust your God because he's a God of integrity. He said when he could swear by no other, he had to even swear by himself. You know why? He had to swear by the word. Jesus Christ, who he said he would send to save his people. That's his covenant that he has made with us. He's not going to go back on his covenant. Now, he can, he can extract a promise because you don't do what you're supposed to do. But he cannot extract a covenant. He cannot take it back because that's his word. If he said it, he will do it.
He will do what he said he will do. So I, today I say go after your health. Go after your children. Go after your finances. Go after everything that the enemy. Some of us have had some things stolen away. Some of us have even given some things away. Huh. Well, he said he would bring it back. He'll make crooked paths straight. That's because who he is. There's seven spirits that stand before the throne. Look it up in Revelations. Oh, Jesus. It's also in Isaiah 11. That's, this is one of my favorite scriptures. Because this is how the Holy Spirit works. The spirit of the Lord, the breath of God. The spirit of wisdom, insight, knowing all things. The spirit of understanding, comprehension, discernment, and interpretation. The spirit of counsel, advice in matters of importance or necessity. The spirit of might, power. The spirit of knowledge, information. And the spirit of fear, reverence, and awe of our God. That's all housed inside of us. We have no excuse not to be able to navigate. We have no excuse not to get to the very end that God has expected for us. Remember in 1 Chronicles 21, it says, Satan the adversary stood up against Israel and called David to count. He will stand up against you because you're part of the body of Christ. Didn't say it stood up, he stood up against David. He said he stood up against Israel. Israel's a type and shadow of the body of Christ. He's trying to stand up against us. So we are disconnected. So that we cannot do the work, cannot, cannot uh, bring the glory of God. And it's the latter reign of his glory that he's looking for. He's looking for the power. This place is called consuming fire. For our God is a consuming fire. Have you ever looked at that? Have you ever meditated on that? Oh my God. That was not by circumstance. Happenstance. It just, he said he saw a man walking inflamed. And the glory was inside. I think it's in Zechariah. He said he would be a fire in the midst of his people, the glory in the midst of his people, and a fire all around us. So when we go to battle, it's always more of us than it is of them. Always, always, we always win. And so Satan, what he wants to do is stand up against us and, and let that antichrist spirit cause division in between the body of Christ, in between people. I don't ask people, what, what church you go to? Do you serve God? The, guy, the new guy that just hired on the job, he had came to my office the other day and we were talking. He says, yeah, I go to China once. He said, really? He said, yeah, I go to give out Bibles. I said, really? He's a believer. So he and I, poof, connected. Because at first it was like, mm, he wasn't saying a whole lot, you know. And I was like, okay, I'm... Holy Spirit says, shut your mouth. Don't say nothing about it. Leave him alone. I said, okay. He walked past my door. Oh, you know, won't say nothing. For whatever reason, I, it's not my concern. He is a believer. And he's doing the work of the Lord. That's all that matters. What are you doing for God? 
He sent his spirit to assist us. I looked up the word. You know, we always say the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and sometimes it's like the Holy Ghost because it just mm, sounds, sounds powerful. So I looked up the word ghost. And one of, the, one of the meanings says an accentuating cause of an individual's life. And the word accentuating means change or motion. He comes to change us and to put us in a place of destiny. That's what he does. When his Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost comes, it's to put us into a place where we move and we change and we become his people that rise up and take our place to begin to walk in power. We cannot longer believe the delusions and the lies of the enemy, because that's what he does. He, he covers the truth, exposes a lie. We have to remember, remember how Jesus spoke with wisdom and power that it would change the people's lives? That's who we are. When we speak, we speak with, we, you know, in the Bible, even Mark 16 says, you know, we will speak with new tongues, and, and we know that it's the, the tongues, but what I got out of that too is that we will speak with such power that it would change people's lives. That's the tongue that we will speak. And it was dispel the hand of the enemy. See, the, the enemy is, you know, I'm in, I'm in IT, and, I'm, and, and one of the things he showed me, at one, at one time, voice and data were separate. They went on separate channels. But now, through man's technology, it's all running the same way. They run across each other. That's what the enemy is doing. He's merging information and his voice together. It's no longer separated. When he speaks, he's giving you information and he's telling you a lie. That's what he's doing. Why do you think technology has changed? Because whatever happens in the natural, you better believe is happening in the spirit realm. Because we were watching this show and uh, Sister Marsha was talking about, Minister Marsha was talking about how in China, if you don't do what they want you to do, they will diminish your ratings of who you are so that you can't even buy an airline ticket or you can't get credit. Well, I told her last year we were watching this uh, show on Netflix and it was about the future. And one of the stories was about how they were going to start taking your phone and rating you. And I think she said they do it on the phone. They rate you. And if they don't like you, they will take your rating down. You can't get credit. You can't buy an airline ticket. You can't buy no food. They will diminish your very life. That's where we're at, people. How do we navigate that? How do we, because even last year when all this stuff started happening, fear started coming up in my body. I said, Lord, what's going on? What do I do? How do I do this? How do I believe and still navigate every day? How do I believe your word and not have to look at all the stuff that's going on and not be in fear? We have to ask ourselves that question. Nothing is going to change. It's going to get worse. Because depravity is on the rise. Lawlessness is on the rise and has caused people to walk in no love. You'll be driving and somebody will run. If, if, you're going to, if you're going to speed limit, they'll run up on the back of you. Because wrong, right is, right is wrong and wrong is right. 
This is where we're at. We have to come together as never before. It's the great commission that God has given us. And these doors of this place are going to be filled when God calls us to a place of prayer. We have to come in with assignment. It's no more, I'm just going to pray. No. What are you saying today, Lord? What is the assignment today, Lord? What strongholds do you want broken today? What prison doors do you want open? What chains do you want to fall off? Oh, glory to God. Remember at midnight, Paul and Silas were in the prison, he says. And they began to pray and sing songs in the midnight hours when the enemy is at his worst. And what happened? The prison doors opened and the chains fell off. But yet, the prison guard was saved. First John says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world passes away in the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Second Corinthians 2.11 says, Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. God said we got to stop dating him. Marry him. Because when you marry somebody, you make a commitment. For better or for worse, for richer or for poor, till death do you part. But the thing about us is that we won't die. <laughs> we won't die. Our spirits will live with him. He wants us to marry him. Make a commitment to him. Do the will of the Father. When we don't, it causes him sorrow. Causes him pain. He began to, you know, I looked at the, 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 the prophets. Jeremiah was the weeping prophet. He had the heart of the father. Because he weeped over his people. Isaiah was called salvation. Suffering servant. He talked about Jesus and what Jesus would do for his people. But we are in the season of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was the prophet of the spirit. And his name means God strengthens. God strengthening us by his spirit. We don't have to worry anymore. We can speak, declare, and wait for the manifestation of God. And he took me to Ezekiel 37. We know that's, that passage, the valley of the dry bones. He says, he took me up in the spirit. And he took me to a great valley. And it was full of dry bones. That's the people of God. They're tired. They're weary. They're worn. They don't know what to do. They're dry. But again, your faith in a dry place will still get you to grow. And when he looked down, he said it was a great army. 
And it was, he says, Lord, God asked him, can these bones live? And he said to the Lord, oh, Lord God, you know. God knows. In other words, God knew the outcome. And then he told them to begin to prophesy, begin to speak to the bones, begin to speak to the dry bones. And that's what the Holy Spirit is saying today. Speak to your dry bones. Speak to the dry areas. The areas that need a flow of the word, of the water of the word. Begin to speak. And it says when he began to speak, they got up like a great army. They got up and flesh began to come upon them. Then he said, speak again. And when he spoke, the breath of God came in. When you begin to praise God, when you begin to believe God, breath, the rush of God, the power of God will come into you and you will be able to navigate every situation. You will be victorious. You will win. Do you believe that? Do you believe it? I believe it. I already seen it. We are victorious. We are more than conquerors. So I want to leave you with this. On March 4th, I was, we had a high service, and I was, I was standing over there. And I was, I was praising God. I was praising him really hard because I was in a place, too, you know, because I had not been here, really. And I was, sometimes, you know, you get weary, and you keep this face or mask up. There, oh, everything is okay. But again, if you don't be careful, depression will come on you. Because if you don't know what to do, the enemy will come in like a flood. But the word of God will raise a standard. So I was standing over there and, and I heard this is clear. I will.